Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Last time, we heard that Montgomery the Moose and Montgomery the Mouse found themselves on an indoor mountain inside a giant store of some kind. Montgomery the Moose played a keep still game with the people in orange jackets who were chasing him around the store, standing in amongst all sorts of other animals who seemed to be playing this game also. Montgomery the Mouse went off to find out what was going on, and when Montgomery the Moose felt two creatures climbing on him, he was surprised to meet two small human-like creatures, both around six inches tall, the two sisters, Phoebe and Tamar. Today, let's find out how Phoebe and Tamar made it to Maine, and how their paths came to cross as they did. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. So this is taking us all the way to Damariscotta Lake, Tamar whispered to Phoebe as the dug snuffled its way into the seats. Well, it's taking us somewhere in Maine, Phoebe replied. I'm not sure where, but this will get us somewhere closer than here. Phoebe pushed a broken peanut butter cracker forward for the dug to eat. There was plenty of food under the seats with them, which was enough for the kids to think that's what the animal was really after. Hmm, Tamar continued. Well, okay, but how are we going to get from wherever we end up to where we need to go? I don't know. We'll figure it out. As the car rumbled on, Phoebe and Tamar took turns pushing crumbs and pieces of food out to the dug. Every now and then, one of them would find a berry or a raisin and just pick off the dust and eat it themselves. Some of it would make them cringe, and sometimes they would spit it out, wondering just how long it had been there. One of the kids spoke up from above. Mom, Sparky keeps digging around under the seat. I think there might be something down there. Sparky, stop it! Phoebe and Tamar heard some commotion as the people tried to get the dug, Sparky, to lie down in the open floor space. But he wasn't paying much attention. He was too interested in the two small creatures who were in the car for the first time. Sparky's nose seemed to follow them wherever they moved, so eventually they decided they needed to take some action. They had met enough animals throughout their life to know that dugs wouldn't understand them. Their mom said dugs weren't intelligent enough. This was one reason Phoebe had always been nervous around them. But Tamar felt sure she could get the message across. They stood up, and immediately, Phoebe hit her head on a metal bar on the bottom of the seat above. Ow! She grabbed her head and crouched down. Tamar was sure she saw Sparky smile and decided she better seize the moment. Hey, Sparky, she addressed him directly. Sparky's eyes darted at her, showing an amazed, how does she know my name, look. Sparky, Tamar continued, not sure what to say next. Um, hi, Sparky. She smiled wide to show that she wanted to be friendly, but quickly realized she may have overdone it when she saw how vigorously Sparky's tail was wagging. Sparky tried to squeeze under the seat and roll over onto his back at the same time, but his head got stuck under the seat as the rest of his body flipped over. Sparky let out a large yelp of pain. Ouch! Tamar sympathized as Sparky got himself out. Oh, I'm so sorry, you poor Doug. I forgot that Dugs aren't very intelligent, are you? Phoebe thought that Tamar was being pretty mean and patronizing, considering Phoebe herself was still holding her own head in pain, too. Tamar, a half-inch smaller than her big sister, clearly didn't know what it was like to be a big creature like Sparky or Phoebe. Sparky, looking sad and hurt, started to move to the open floor space to lie down. 
but Phoebe called him back. Come here, Sparky. As Sparky turned and headed back to stick his head under the seat again, Phoebe realized she'd never intentionally called a duck to her before, and for a brief moment, her old fears came back, but one look into Sparky's gentle eyes was enough to push the fears away. Sparky stuffed his head into the space under the seat once again. Standing on one side of the large dog's snout, Phoebe threw her arms around the dog's head with a smile. She closed her eyes and snuggled the large creature. Neither Phoebe nor Sparky moved for a few minutes, both perfectly content where they were. Eventually, Phoebe noticed that Sparky's breathing was deeper and realized that he'd fallen asleep. Phoebe stood back and looked over to see Tamar sitting on the floor with her back resting on the side of Sparky's neck. He isn't intelligent, Tamar said, but he's really comfortable. He is very intelligent, aren't you, Sparky? But you're right. He is comfortable, Phoebe added, sitting right next to him. And really sweet. The rest of the drive was uneventful. Sparky slept the whole time, and Phoebe and Tamar both dozed off at times. All three woke up when the car came to a stop an hour and a half later. We're here, one of the grown-ups from the front announced. The doors of the car opened, and the family climbed out. The trunk opened, and the family's mom took the stroller out and opened it. Phoebe and Tamar looked at each other, and decided they should go with the family to figure out where they were. As Sparky climbed out the side door, Phoebe and Tamar jumped out through the trunk and into the bottom of the stroller, under the backpack that the mom had just put in there. They stayed hidden while the stroller rolled, not wanting to risk showing themselves until they knew what the situation was. After a minute or two, they realized they were now in a building, and when the stroller stopped and stayed in place for a couple of minutes, they decided it was safe to peek their heads out. They were in an enormous open building. Around them were several racks of clothing, and off in the distance they saw tents and kayaks hanging from the high vaulted ceiling. Is this what Maine looks like? Tamar asked. I don't know. Phoebe replied. I guess I assume Maine was, I don't know, outdoors? When they saw that the family was busy looking at base layers and jackets nearby, Tamar climbed up to ask, Hey Siri, hey Google, I need help. How to get to Damariscotta Lake from where they were. 77 miles northeast of here, she told Phoebe as she clambered back down. So now what? Tamar wondered, feeling stuck. Hmm, I don't know. 77 miles is a long way to walk. Maybe we can catch another ride. Tamar seemed distracted by something. What if we could get a ride on a plane? She asked. A plane? Phoebe replied. I guess that could work, but how would we? Tamar pointed to the back of the store, where a yellow propeller plane hung from the ceiling at an angle, as if in mid-flight. That doesn't look like it's... Phoebe started, but Tamar had already run off. Phoebe started to run after her, but heard a whine from close by and turned to see Sparky looking at her sadly. Tamar heard it too and turned back. They stood under a rack of puffy jackets to avoid being seen by the family, and Sparky ducked his head down under there too to say goodbye. Goodbye, Sparky. Phoebe hugged his head again. Goodbye, Doug, Tamar added. They waved as they turned away from him and started to walk away, before hearing a voice behind them. Dog. They turned, unsure of what they had just heard. Dog, Sparky repeated. Not Doug, Dog. At that moment, Sparky was led away by the family's dad, although Phoebe was pretty sure that Sparky smiled at them as he left. Tamar stared at Phoebe in disbelief. 
Ha ha ha, Phoebe laughed. I knew he was intelligent. She looked off in the distance to see Sparky being led between displays, and when she turned back to Tamer, her sister was gone, running off to the propeller plane again. She chased after her. Phoebe followed Tamar as she climbed up a display on the back wall of the store and up onto a rope that connected the plane to the back wall. As they climbed across the rope, Phoebe panicked a little, seeing how high up they were from the floor and how frayed the rope was close to the wall. For the first time, she also noticed a huge model of a mountaintop in the middle of the store with life-sized model animals on it. Moos, mountain leons, a raccoon. Wait, did that raccoon just move? Tamar clambered into the plane's open cockpit, and Phoebe followed. They sunk down into the plane's seat and looked at the controls, which seemed to consist of a couple of levers and half a steering wheel. Phoebe tried to explain to Tamar that the plane was probably for decoration only, but Tamar wasn't listening, and was trying to move the controls in any way she could, with no success. It wasn't long, though, before they heard announcements that the store was closing, and soon after that, the store got darker as lights went out. They were both tired and decided to settle in for the night, sleeping in the plane. At one point in the middle of the night, Tamar made her way across the enormous store past the mountaintop to the cafe and brought back a cookie for the two of them to share. The experience of running across the store in low light was very strange, though. Seeing all the model animals on the mountaintop display in shadows was quite scary, and she was pretty sure she saw one of them moving around. After getting the cookie and making her way across the store, she heard some strange noises of things getting knocked or moved. She could have sworn she saw a horse and two frogs making their way out of a family-sized tent, but then, all of a sudden, she heard a loud rumble from behind her. Phoebe! She shouted out of instinct as the rumbling became louder. The lights came on, and when Tamar turned around, the horse and the frogs were nowhere to be seen. Instead, she saw a whole team of humans with machines and tubes that seemed to be sucking things off the floor and she was on the floor. Don't get me, don't get me, she said as she ran as fast as her legs could carry her back towards the plane where she had left her big sister. The noises got louder and louder, as if the people's machines were looking for her, and she kept turning her head to look behind her as she ran. All of a sudden, bonk, she crashed into another creature her size, and they both fell to the ground. When she picked herself up, she looked at the other creature. Phoebe, she said, you came down for me. Of course I did. I'm still your big sister, no matter how brave you are. And I can hear you call my name from a long way away, even when I'm sleeping. They hugged and made their way back up the rope, each holding pieces of cookie that were as large as they were. The noise started to fade away and Tamar started to relax again. Once they were back up, the lights went out again and they feasted and shared the story of Tamar's adventure before going back to sleep. They slept very well in amongst their cookie crumbs. And when the store lights came on again in the morning, Tamar felt ready to try again in figuring out how to get the plane to take them to Damariscotta Lake. Phoebe was more interested in what the store actually was and climbed up the side of the cockpit to look out on the model mountaintop and beyond. She looked at the model she'd seen the night before and noticed that the raccoon she'd seen wasn't there anymore. All of a sudden, something else got her attention. She heard some commotion from the front of the store and saw a few orange-jacketed staff run around then she saw some clothing racks flying through the air as a large creature ran through the store. Tamar, Phoebe called to her sister without taking her eyes off what was happening. She had now identified the creature as a moose and watched it with a smile as it clambered into a pond on the side of the mountainside, standing close to a model of a moose about the same size. Phoebe saw the orange jackets veering off in different directions. How do they not see this giant moose standing right there? She thought to herself with a laugh. 
Tama, she called again. You've got to see this. What is it? I think we found our way to Damariscotta Lake. Tamar sat up, and Phoebe told her what had happened, bemused by the whole thing. Great, let's go say hi, Tamar announced. They climbed back over the other side of the plane, and slid down the plane's side, jumping onto the rope. Now, although Phoebe and Tamar were both very small, their kind is denser than you and I. Not as heavy as us, but heavier than you might imagine a six-inch person to be. And both their weights suddenly hitting one end of the rope at the same time, pulled at the frayed part on the other end. Before they knew it, the rope snapped, and they fell quickly. They managed to grab hold of the rope and each other to slow their fall, but the rope swung quickly, and they both went shooting across and landed in a display of kids' outerwear. Above them, they saw the yellow propeller plane swinging around in a circle ominously, and orange jackets from all over the store ran towards it, shouting, This way! The moose is over here! Hmm, Phoebe said. Maybe it's moose, not moose. Whatever it is, I think it needs us as much as we need it, Tamar replied. Phoebe and Tamar ran to the mountaintop and climbed up the creature's front left leg. So, what's going on? the animal whispered to them. His voice was deep, but friendly and gentle. Uh, we were hoping you could tell us, Tamar replied. Who are you? You're not Montgomery, the creature whispered in a panic. No, replied Phoebe, we're not. The sisters climbed onto the moose's head, and then onto his nose. They were excited to meet this enormous new creature, and were a little nervous, but tried to sound as brave and positive as possible. I'm Phoebe, said Phoebe, and she's Tamar, said Tamar. To be continued. So, now that you've heard the story from Phoebe and Tamar's perspective, what do you think will happen next? We'd love to hear your ideas. Do you think there are any other live animals in this model mountaintop? And how long do you think they can stay there before the people in orange jackets find Montgomery and the Moose and send him out of the store? Send in your ideas as pictures, written stories, or audio or video of you telling the story to hello at mooseaverse.com. We'll share some of the stories on our website, mooseaverse.com, and even include some snippets in future episodes of the podcast. Who knows? Maybe your ideas will come to life in the Mooseaverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>